Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, and all my patron peeps, uh, it's time for the podcast that's here for you day or night, patrons, uh, whenever you need it. If you need a little break, uh, cue up scoots, call on me across the deep dark day or the deep dark night, but you know what enables me to be here for you and really hundreds and hundreds of thousands of other people is you. So thank you so much, uh, because the podcast is here on call whenever anybody across the entire globe needs it right now. Uh, thanks so much, patrons, and let's get out with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do is a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. It could be thoughts, you know, things on your mind. It could be feelings or emotions coming up for you, physical sensations, you know, changes in time, or, you know, unpredictable things. Or predictable things, or predictions. Uh, prediction. I, don't, I guess I'm not 100% sure what a predilection is, uh, but uh, may, is that like a preference? I don't know. I should probably Google it, huh? Uh, but whatever is keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off that. What I'm going to do, I'm here to keep you company and distract you. So I have a safe place set aside here, plenty of room for you. And in fact, this safe place is returnable and transferable and portable. Uh, So you could have it where you are. I'm going to send it uh, via my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders. So creaky dulcet is the tone of my voice. You see, it's not sweet because, you know, something sweet might keep you awake. Uh, but, it's, you know, it's not not sweet, but it's a bit creaky. Okay, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders. Uh, that's where I go off topic. Uh, superfluous tangents, that's where I expound once I'm off topic. Uh, superfluous tangents, a bunch of other stuff. Really what I'm do, here to do is keep you company as you fall asleep. So if you're new right away, before I go off topic, hopefully I could tell you a couple of things that might be helpful. Uh, one, if you're new and you're doubtful or skeptical or unsure, that is a totally natural, normal reaction to the show, how most people approach it at first. And I'm not trying to talk you out of that. As, I mean, if, if someone was going to tell me they're going to put me to sleep, I'd say, hmm, really? What, what, you know, something like that. I'd say, huh, you, you don't say. So that's normal, uh, to- totally legitimate. So. What would I, oh, also, you know, not to, like, make you skeptical. I forgot what I was going to say after that. Uh, so if you're de- skeptical or deptical, you know, no doubt about it. That makes sense. Uh, oh, one thing is you kind of approach this podcast in a loose way if you're new. Like, almost like holding sand in your hand. Like, a, I always forget if it's sieve or sieve. Uh, been a while since those were, you know, those are two twins in an alternative universe in my mind. Good old Steve and Siv. Steve and Siv, uh, maybe would they be Stevenson, Samuelson? Steve and Siv, though, I forgot their last name. Those two are always, uh, they're actually the, they're, they're the, the most famous, uh, they, they help, like, uh, conduct traffic. 
Oh, but I was using them as examples. So if you're new, kind of let the podcast kind of flow. Like, don't try to figure it out. If you do, or if you say, well, I'm going to pay attention here and wait for, wait for the sleepy stuff. Uh, it's more like this is a cloud or like sand going through your hands. It's like sand in the hourglass. Yeah, whatever they used to say on that show. Maybe that's, maybe that's the sands of our, you know, whatever. The, so try to consume this podcast loosely or a little bit out of focus. So no, this is the one podcast you don't really need to listen to. You may discover after you become a regular listener that you like how you'd like to listen. Some people listen. Some people don't listen. Some people turn me down to a mumble. Some people fall asleep in two minutes. Some people fall asleep in 20 minutes. Some people fall asleep after an hour. Uh, some people listen all night. So you'll kind of discover what works. It might be different every night. I mean, that's how it is for me sometimes. So I forgot what my point was. Uh, oh, no pressure to fall asleep. Uh, oh, no pressure to listen. Also, no pressure to fall asleep. The reason the podcast is about an hour is because I'm here to keep you company till you drift off. Or if you can't drift off, I'm here to keep you company all night long. If you need it, you say, well, I can't fall asleep, Scoots. I say, no worry, I'm here for you. I'm your boar bud. So no pressure to fall asleep, no pressure to listen. Structurally, if you're new, that can also throw new listeners off. Uh, uh, so I just want to give you, like, it's a little, you say, it's a little late already, Scoots. You say, okay, well, the show starts off with business. That's how we keep the podcast free for everybody uh, versus it being a paid service or an app you buy. I want it free for everybody as a podcast. That's just what I found over the past over six years works best. Uh, so there's business. Then there's an intro. The intro can also throw new people off because it's like uh, around. So there's like uh, maybe two, two to four minutes of business. Then there's like this wacky intro. I don't know how wacky it is, but some people say that. And the intro gives you a chance for most listeners, like I said, as you discover how you like to use the show, to wind down, to get in bed. Like an old familiar friend shows up, you know, old scoots magoots, but it, it, like it, I'm not in cahoots. I say that all the time because I do not do it. Like you say, oh, wait, that's my friend that shows up that I don't have to pay attention to. I don't have to entertain. I don't have to actively or pa even pretend I'm listening at all. Scoots will talk, and the only sound effects I have to make are if for my own comfort. You say, uh-huh, uh-huh, but maybe sometimes that's comforting for you. You say, uh-huh, Scoots, oh, boy, did you say, did you not know what predilection was? Oh, okay. Uh and so that's, you don't have to listen to me or like, you don't have to entertain me. No crumbs and no, like, you don't have to worry if my shoes are on or off. They're off, by the way, I have socks on or, you know, anything else like, uh, like I'm just here for you. So what was my point about that? Oh, that's with the intro. So the intro is a familiar friend. And it gives you a chance to unwind, whether you're getting ready for bed or you're in bed. Because this is, I guess it's not really my theory. It's something I strongly believe in is that, you know, bedtime is a bit of a process and it could take a little while. And my job is to be comforting and friendly and distracting during that wind down process so you can drift off. You know, there may be other things that say, uh, you know, oh boy, I can get you to sleep in, you know, the count of 30 or 
you know, I'm going to do this and this, and then you'll be asleep. I, I can't make that promise. I, all I can promise is that I'm here to keep you company as you fall asleep. So that's why the intro is so long, because a lot of times new listeners, well, they don't, actually, they're not listeners. They're like one-time or two-time listeners. They say, well, I don't like this intro. Is it? They, they're not sure what it is, uh, because it's different, and that's understandable. And you could also skip ahead. There's about 2% of listeners that skip to 20 minutes. They start the show around 20 minutes, and they listen from there. Or there's patrons, people that support the show, and they listen to story-only episodes which is a similar process. So that's the intro. It's just me talking a lot as your boyfriend. Just like I said, if you could, just like a friend, just like I was on call, you say, Scooch, could you come over and talk about nothing for about 20 minutes and then leave? And I'd say, no problem. Just set your sleep timer for 30 or whatever. Uh, consider it done. So that's the intro. Uh, then tonight will be our uh, a story, our ongoing uh but at one time, episodically modular series, uh, get pesos, uh, which you can listen to in any order anyway. So, and then there's some thank yous. Also, there's business between the intro and the story. That's just kind of how podcasting uh, works. Uh, just like that's where it's got to go. Uh, so that's the structure of the show. And the reason I make the show is because I truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep. One. But two, I also believe that if you get a good night's sleep, you'll be rested, you'll be in a better place, your life will be a little bit better, and your world and the world at large will be a better place. So that's a good thing, in my, I guess in my opinion. Some people might say, well, and I'd say, well, they can, and, you know, they, we don't, I'm not going to give them any more airtime, I guess. That's what I'd say. And usually that's just a part of our voices anyway, like a... Uh, I don't know. It's been a while since I talked about brain bots. Uh, one of the reasons I make the podcast is because I've been there. And one of the reasons I uh, like have trouble getting to sleep, falling asleep, staying asleep, uh, all those things is because of my thought processes. And some of those thought processes, at least to me, feel like they run nearly independently of my, my uh, center or whatever, my main my mainframe. Uh, like, it's like when you see in those old movies with the spinning tapes or whatever, you say, what are the spinning? I don't have, I don't even have a, a password for that main, that thing with the spinning tapes. And you say, oh, well, that's your internal critic. Uh, well, that's your internal critic 001A. And I'd say, well, how many internal critic machines do we have? And they say, well, on this floor or in the entire building? And I'd say, what, what do you mean? And they'd say, never mind, you're not supposed to think about this kind of stuff anyway. Those aren't brain bots. I guess those are, uh, those were the old-fashioned kind. Those were, uh, what are those called? Brainovax, uh, which sounds like something different, so I'll just move on. But to me, brain bots are these little unifunction parts of ourselves or, you know, voices or personalities or aspects or thought processes that kind of scoot around and they scoot around and they say, Hey, what, what are you, what are you doing? Going to sleep? You, see, you say, yeah, you bet you, yeah, I'm comfortable. I'm snuggled. I'm going to sleep. I'm tired. Really? You're tired? Cause I wanted to talk to you. Remember that time? And you say, no, no, I don't. Oh, remember that time? It's so, it's so, remember how good I am at telling you about that time and making it really, uh, and you say, yeah, I'd rather not think. Oh, did you, did you, and then another thing scoots in, another little computer, 
a little droid, and they say, hey, remember, you know what's coming up? Did you Do you have any idea what's coming up? Uh, and you'd say, um, what do you mean? Oh, boy, because I got this blinking red light here that says something. And you say, okay, I'm trying to go to sleep, though. Could we talk about this later? And then maybe there's one that's a little bit more like uh, it's thought, it comes over and says, hey, did you ever wonder why, uh, you know, waffles are, you know, what's it do? You know, he said, no, I never wondered why. And he said, wow, really? That's And I said, well, did you ever wonder why this? So those are some of my brain bots, just a few, not to mention the 40 floors in the sub-basements full of critics that I have. And the old regret annex, holy cow, I don't even visit there. They just send, they just send me the memos. Uh, so I'm here to take your mind off of that stuff. You know, I just wanted to introduce you to my own, uh, some of the stuff. Uh, and that's where Sieve and Siv come in, because they're also good at, like I said, they say, hey, saw you scooting over there to talk to your human. Why don't you, uh, hi, I'm Siv. I'm one of the brain bot, I'm, I'm new here. Oh, really? You're new here? Yeah. What are you, you some sort of brain bot? Oh, yeah, I am. I'm super important. Well, it looks like you're important. Looked like you were in a real hurry. Oh, yeah. I was going to go ask my human about that time when they were, uh, like, uh, at work and, uh, you know, the work part. Oh, you were going to ask them about that, huh? Sounds really important. Oh, it's so important. And you were just trying to go over there, let them know, about, ask them about that. You know, you're trying to help your human, right? Oh yeah, that's my job. Just I just got this one job remembering this one thing that happened. And it's really important and it's important. You say, wow, it sounds really important to you too. Wow, that's what I was gonna say. What did you say your name is? Oh, I'm Siv. I'm 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 part of the i I'm I'm in the creaky dulcet tones. Do you know what creaky dulcet tones are? Yeah, I don't know if I don't not sure about them. Yeah, no one's ever been sure about them. They're like that's why they're creaky and dulcet. You say, well, it's a little bit of both. Oh, okay, so I well, yeah, I'm Siv. I'm just here. I'm just going to be here. Uh, like I was just going to he- be here to talk to you. And and we're, you know, do you want to sit down? I'm going to listen to this story. Wait, you're going to listen to a story, but I got to go tell my human. Well, you could let. I'll tell you what. You could let your human know about this. Uh, we could set up an appointment later, but we're, let's listen to the story get Bessos. It's, uh, it's barely interesting in creaky dulcet tones. And you say, okay, do you, do you happen to have a twin brother named Siv? No, Sieve. I'm Siv, I think. I, I forgot, but yeah, no, yeah, I do. I mean, I said no, but I meant yes. Well, you're a bit like me. Yeah, that's, I'm just, I'm just here to, uh, let your human slip through our fingers and drift off. So that's kind of how the show works, ideally, and why I make it, uh, because I've been there and I know how it feels, okay? And I'm hoping to bring a little bit of levity and distraction to bedtime for you. Now, as multiple uh, thousands and thousands of people have said, like this podcast, one, doesn't work for everybody, but for most people it works for it takes two or three tries because it's kind of different. So if you, if you're in a place uh, and you can give it a few tries, Go ahead and do so, because I really hope it helps you. Uh, so kind of see how it goes. Yeah, it's a bedtime story for grown-ups, a little bit different, and I'm here to help uh, if I can. And I want to tell you, I'm glad you're here. I really appreciate you checking the show out or returning time after time. And I really, uh, yeah, want to help. And here's a couple ways we're able to keep the show uh, free for everybody. 
All right, everybody, it's almost time for another episode of uh, uh, Get Bessos. Oh, hold, hold on, everybody, one second. Antonio Banderas, our uh, celebrity uh, intro, uh, is usually Antonio. Sorry, Antonio, let me just set it up here. Usually Antonio's not early. I mean, actually, he gets here normally early, but then I'm already recording, and I tell him not to knock on the door, blow behind the scenes. Uh, Antonio Banderas is a very timely person. Uh, he just doesn't have all of the workflow down because he gets here early, but normally I'm already recording. And I have a few rules in place. They say don't knock on the door, don't pace outside the door, don't stand too near the door. You know, don't let my neighbors, you know, come up to you and say, are you, you know, holy cow, do you, are you handsome? You know, are you a movie star? Uh, and all that. Uh, also, don't come, you know, around to, like to where I'm recording. Uh, text me. Well, that rule, I mean, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not perfect. I used to say don't text me. And then Antonio would say, well, how will you know I'm here? I said, well, when I'm ready for it, he said, I thought you were an actor. Like, aren't you, you know, used to being on a call sheet or whatever? And then he explained to me about, you know, the nice trailer and, you know, production. And I said, okay, well, you know, let me put that line item in my budget. Uh, and when the budget's filled, I'll, I'll let, you know, the production assistant will be there to let you know about it. So then we got a text system down, but then, you know, I have my phone on vibrate and outside. So sometimes I miss his texts. Uh, so normally he's really here on time. It's just he's not here in the studio on time because he gets here early, but not so. I mean, and this, again, I guess is my fault. I say don't get here too early because then I got to, uh, you know, I don't know how to deal with hum- other human beings. And, and, you know, when you're here on a professional context, I can deal with it, or if it's after, you know, our workflow, after we play a board game, also part of our workflow. So then, so anyway, they just didn't want uh, Antonio also, uh, you know, like uh, didn't want to create a a buzz around, uh, because there's so much buzz around him, holy moly. So uh, without further ado, early on this part, because usually I talk about what's coming up, and then Antonio, uh, 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 sorry, I just flustered because we're out of, you know, but it's I can take a breath and slow down too. So normally, Antonio is here to, to to introduce our series a little bit out of order. You know, he normally is the one that, who makes other people feel breathless. I mean, I, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I think I can in this case. And you look slightly breathless, Antonio. So, like, you have some sort of news for me. And that's why you're here early. Not just because you're here early always, because you're so professional, a pro. I mean, whether you're on a podcast or in a movie or anywhere, I'm sure that's the case. Also, I'm not using irony here or sarcasm. This is a darn truth. Antonio is a pro, always here early, even when he has to drive. Like, even he says he uses, you know, apps to make sure he's here early. Because you, I don't know if you know, I mean, a little more behind the scenes. You know, this is not, I guess it's not pro bono work because uh, you can't write it off your taxes, right, Antonio? No. But, uh, it's uh, free work, uh, like it kind of like an internship. He's in, an, you know, for podcasting, it's a new industry. 
I don't know if you, you, you probably could get into it without doing this. Uh, it's okay. Okay. You'll explain why, why you do it. Okay. And I forgot what else I was going to say. Just, I was just saying you're always on time. It's just a micromanaging that I guess I assume directors would do. I mean, have you ever been on set and someone said, what's that? Is that your elbow creaking, Antonio? Like the sound person? No, that's that never happened before. Well, okay. So normally Antonio would be here after I set up the new ser- the, our series, but Antonio's here early. So I'm going to turn the mic over to, to Antonio Banderas here, everybody. Uh, thanks, I'm a little uh, breath of scooter. I have some news, but let me go first. As, as the ladies, as the gentlemen, as the boys, as the girls, the friends beyond the binary. It's time. Almost time. For another episode of Get Pesos. Yeah. And a scooter. Uh, the reason I do this show is because it brings me joy. Being in your ears, uh, helping scooter put you all to sleep. It's uh, a pleasure for me. Also. Uh, I, while well, I am on time scooter, James Cash, Benny, and Richard Warren Sears are running behind. So they asked me to ask you uh, to buy them some time as they are on a break. And I, I know you don't want me on the mic too long because you say I'm, my voice is too handsome and distracting. So I'll turn it over to you, and I will lie. Thank you also for clearing that up. How I am a prompt person. Uh, thank you. Good. Thanks and good night, everybody. Also, hello to Reddit. Okay, thanks, Antonio. Okay, well that's fine. Uh, you know, I'll just set up the series. I'll just uh, set up the next episode. I mean, that's no problem. I mean, what what you're listening to, what you're falling asleep to. There's no rush, right? We're all here. Uh, there's no buying time or spending time. Uh, and as uh, Antonio said, welcome to another episode of Get Bessos. It's our episodically modular series, which has had some seriality in the past. Uh, can't avoid seriality, but you could listen to these this season, season three, in any order. And it's a tale, it's a tale of, uh, so it's called Get Bessos. It's a tale of Richard Warren Sears and James Cash Penny. It's fiction, by the way. These are, you know, whatever uh, image, like uh, purely accidental uh, fictional characters, because uh, so it's a tale of Rich Warren Sears and James Cash Penny. Uh, they they left the escape escape from purgatory and returned to Earth to get Jeff Bissos, uh, the 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 founder of Imzan uh, who they felt ruined the retail empire. Uh, but since we have the time, I might as well, um, I might as well run through the first two seasons if I can. Uh, so the first season was, uh, so Richard Warren Sears and James Cashpenny were in purgatory or a place similar to it, but depending on your belief system, you know, we may have covered it before, but so they were there in purgatory. They were bored more or less, you know, it's kind of like a middle place, at least in this one. I don't know if you saw the, the wonderful, uh, TV show, the good place, which is now concluded by the time you're hearing this, that had a middle place too. I guess I'm realizing it was a little bit different than the middle place on the good place. Uh, and I haven't seen how the good place concludes. So I don't know if they have any more middle places, but, uh, this one is like, uh, 
what's that called? Like sepia, like a world where you say, well, uh, it's not, it's not, not bad, but it's not, it's definitely, it's just boring. They just kind of sit around. They don't have a lot to do. It's like more like a waiting room, but you have your own room and stuff. Now, Richard Warren Sears and JFC has many, Richard Warren Sears in particular, you know, used to live in a certain kind of lifestyle back on earth. And so, and it gets purg- purgatory or limbo or whatever you want to call it. Is also, uh, a lot of times these post earth worlds get portrayed like oh, there's no human, we don't bring our humanity with us. Uh, not all of them, like the good place that has that, but. You know, sometimes they're like more painted in these, you know, but this one has full humanity or not full humanity, but basically you could still like say to someone whose job, who happens to be employed by purgatory, you know, I know that, like this is, this is an imaginary conversation Richard Warren Sears had. Well, you think I'm, just, let's see, buddy, buddy, I'm just going to leave my, uh, like a, a $20. I mean, he wouldn't do $20, I'll be honest, uh, or however the money works up there or over there. I'm just going to leave it on my nightstand. And if there's a newspaper there in the morning, that would be great every morning. You know what I'm saying? He, so he does that kind of thing where he says, well, if that money's gone and the newspaper's there, everybody would be happy. So he's been able to get certain things that he wanted. And and as he got access to the news, uh, this was like 10, I don't know how many years ago the series was, six years ago we started it. He was uh, reading about this uh, founder of an imaginary company, Amazon, Jif uh, Bezos. That's J-I-F-S-B-E-S-O-S. And he said, wait a second. He started reading. He said, wait a second. And then he started looking at, you know, the, the his company and G, so Richard uh, Sears and J.C. Penney and saying, well, they're not doing so great. This was back in the uh, the other decade with us, like the 2014, 2013. And so he kind of started to build up a resentment towards this GIF. Uh, and he decided he wanted to go back to Earth to kind of just teach him, hey, maybe. I don't know. It wasn't like he was like, well, this is a meaning of life. I want to teach you that and not the pursuit of wealth or, uh, you know, uh, like efficiency of scale or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he was more like uh, jealous, I would say. And the, the, so that kind of going back to earth uh, in the context of a sleep podcast. Now, James Cashpenny, those two happen to become best friends in or really good friends in purgatory. And James got to know Richard Warren Sears, and he said, well, the fictional, you know, and this is fiction, of course. He said, well, this guy, he's got a big, uh, he's got a lot of confidence. I don't know what is, like, his, uh, sometimes he's lacking, he, he doesn't have best impulse control. And sometimes he just makes decisions, and uh, maybe I should keep an eye on him. And then he said, are you sure you want to go to Earth? And Richard Warren Sears was like, we're going. We need to get 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 Bissos and, and 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 teach him good. And James said, "Teach him good the goodness of heart." And he said, "So they both ended up going because he said this." So this was season one. They went to Earth. Uh, now let's see some of these episodes here. Vice Heaven. Uh, you know some other titles that are, we don't kind of use anymore. 
so they went to Earth. They started searching for Jif. Also, they had to figure out, like, how are we going to meet him? I think at the time, Jif was going through something, too. Uh, so he wasn't sure. They also made friends with somebody, but this is interesting, that invented a co- company called Coffee Q, which now just happens to be a, the biggest coffee. Like, like you, if you use an app to get your coffee, that was, I inv- like, by the way, I was uh, I didn't get any credit for that in 2013 or 14, uh, that you could just go on your phone and say, this is my regular coffee, I'm coming to get it. Uh, but, you know, that's an idea that everybody thought of, of course. Uh, so they went through that season. Let's see. Uh, uh, test. Uh, they uh, they they found they found out that Jif wasn't their. Um, what is that called? Uh, the the um, what is that called? What is the main character called? Uh, my brain's blanking. You know, but the person that their nemesis wasn't just Jif, but there was another nemesis down there. And I'm not exactly sure. It looks like they dealt with uh, Mother Nature, Garden Gnomes, uh, Desert Islands. I think it's some place they split up. James fell in love at some point. Jif was undercover. And uh, then they went down. And I, I, I'd have to re-listen to season one. Uh, because it seems like a stretch. I don't know how, if Jif was down there, he was still running an earthly existence. But it ended up that James and Richard Warren Sears ended up down in H-E double hockey sticks. And originally when they got down there, it was just like the historical record, you know, from uh, Dante and all all those, Milton, all of them, you know, whoever, uh, just like that kind of, um, who's that painting, that, that painting person? It was pretty similar to that. You had the circles, you know, it had a little bit of defending your life uh, where, where it's like you could go on, you could get a tour of it. And so they went down there and I'm pretty sure what happened was that RW, just like James had wondered, like used his best judgment and ended up his best judgment uh, kind of had a chain reaction and they were just able to get most of the um, residents of H-E Double Hockey Sticks out of there before it was uh, gone forever, which normally humanity would have put up a cheer, you know. Let's see, Gorebelly, that was, so then, oh, because I think they were dealing with this Hans Zimmer Gorebelly, who was their uh, antagonist. That was the word I was looking for. Oh, yeah, there was, like, a wizards down there, because I think at one time wizards were not that good. Maybe they even dealt with Atlantis, it looks like. There was an episode called Atlantis Thinks They're So Great. But I remember they met everybody, like, uh, I think this was this season. They met one of the skiff. They became friends with the skiff person. Uh, the Furies, I don't know if they ever became friends with the Furies. The Furies were down there, right? Some of those people, that, like the Titans, were down there. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe. And so this is all what this series coming up is about. Just to catch you, I'm just catching you up on what I'm catching you up about uh, the serial episodic episode, uh, and uh, just buying time for our talent. So they ended up down there, Ichi Double Hockey Six. They dealt with Hans Zimmer Gorebelly, who was a no, you know, like. He actually had his reasons, you know, just like all antagonists. Uh, he had been through a lot. 
can't really remember what his motivations were, but I remember at the time I was like, well, probably not the best plan you're putting in place, uh, but I can see that you have those motivations. I think there was more, there may have been other you know, secondary characters whose feelings are now getting hurt that I don't remember. Because uh, I think there were some so good that I put them, I said, well, let me put you away so that when I really need an amazing character, but uh, Mother Nature, maybe. But so then they ended up down. So they, well, here's like, uh, this is take like a little bit of uh, uh, suspension of belief systems for a second. So just imagine metaphorically that the H double hockey six, the post not great life was actually down somewhere, right? And it was a physical place. Maybe, you know, maybe the time space continuum the rules were a little bit bent there. But then some sort of reaction happened where it wasn't working out, but there was a hole in one wall or somebody made a hole in one wall, got as many people through it as they could, or beings, I guess in this case, and then closed the hole. And then they ended up, it was like in another canyon, down somewhere, but separated. So everything on the other side of the hole, gone bye-bye, you know, lava city, core of the earth type stuff. You know, now part of the core of the earth. I mean, I guess that's exactly what happened, uh, you know, retroactively. So then they had all the residents and the employees of H-E Double Hockey Sticks in a new place, uh, I'm pretty sure. And they said, what are we going to do? Also, they realized at the time uh, that uh, they said, wait a second, Earth actually need like, Earth relies on this uh, maybe for motivation balance the whole nine yards and so then they started they said well we got we got three great minds down here quote quote quotes uh you know jiff rw richard warren sears james cash penny what if we start this as a startup uh h double hockey six 2.0 and what happened with that was they had i mean the idea they had wasn't terrible uh well, I guess it was terrible, uh, but the basic idea was, you know, there's the idea of guardian angels, right? They said, well, the guardian angel's supposed to be there and say, hey, you know, I'm keeping you safe, or hey, here's a, if I was making that choice, what would be, what I see as your, uh, your advocate or your, or your ally is, uh, maybe these would be the options that might be best for you and the other people in your life. That's like a guardian angel to me. And then in cartoons, you usually have that other voice that's uh, tempting you. And they said, that's not, you know what we do in startups? We, we uh, you know, throw away the paradigm, you know, break the wheel. That was another startup that didn't work out, the Khaleesi startup. And, I mean, it worked out for the Stark family. But so, so they said, okay, well, what if we, we got all these employees, we got these residents, everybody's kind of learned their, I mean, if you're there, you say, well, of course I've learned my lesson. Uh, so they said, wow, Furies, Fury type, you know, Fury, you know, they said, what if we get you back on earth there and uh, you could check, you know, get check stuff out, uh, maybe, uh, you know, help people like, like a like guardian angel, like you're like, uh, you're not trying to get them here. You're trying to keep them to make Earth the best place possible and help them make good choices, too. You know, with this knowledge of like, oh, well, these are the mistakes I made and this is how it worked out for me. 
And I guess as an initial thought, it sounds good. But what really happened was that so they paired every person with a per, like they said, OK, we actually got enough, you know, because of the, uh, you know, time passing and, 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 you know, everybody. They said we got enough people here in H double hockey sticks to match up everybody on Earth with somebody. And they said, let's do it. Uh, this is going to be great. And so then what happened was. uh Ended up not everybody was like most of those people were their fingers were crossed. They said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to go right to Earth. I'm going to help it." Uh, uh, Janie Sue Jones, you got it. I'm going to help her uh, make the best choices possible, and so that worked out kind of like you would assume. Like uh, it, uh, it, it didn't work out so great. So then, basically, Earth, uh, it didn't like didn't work out. Most of Earth, we needed some time. And I forgot what they did to deal with that. I think they did a lot of, I think they had like the Horn of Jericho or Jethro or something, maybe even back then. And I think this is, this is a big time assumption, but I'm already, you know, plenty of, plenty of H-E double. But I think what they did is they de-existed most of Earth to, to solve it. Cause they said, well, boy, this is a pickle. And that is something also kind of similar to the good place uh, that, that is like a, uh, like you're it's neither nor like you're not going to the good place or the bad place or the middle place if you're de-existed that's uh like you say what do you mean i don't i never heard of that you say okay like that flashy flasher on um uh will smith uh tommy lee jones uh movies uh but so 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 then Earth, there's still a small community of, you know, because one thing is, you know, Earth evolves and stuff. And most of the other stuff on Earth was like, other than, you know, the extra lava that always comes with those type of situations. They said, okay, well, uh, you know, let's just evolve. So there was one community. So this is season two now. And apparently this came out in uh, 2016, so four four years ago. Holy moly. And it was interesting because I remember uh, it, it coming, not, as a, not to break the wall or whatever, but uh, that I went to a talk um, with Brad Bird. And this was in 2016 or maybe it was even 2015. And Brad Bird was kind of saying like, uh, like I'm like kind of a little bit over dystopia and made a push of like, can, can, can anyone make anything interesting with utopias? And so then I said to myself, well, I could try. I never let Brad Bird know about this, but so maybe I did on Twitter or something. I don't know. But, uh, so I said to myself, uh, well, that's interesting. He said, well, it sounds like a utopia for a story would be very challenging because it's like you'd say, okay, well, how are you going to tell a story in a place where there's no conflict? And then you could define utopia however you want, but that would be a jumping off point for a sleep podcast. You'd be like, wait a second. That's almost perfect for a sleep podcast, a place with no conflict, uh, paradise. So I said, okay, I could work with that. But then I thought, how am I going to tell any stories without any conflict? Like, that's what drives the, the story to go from the beginning to the end. And they said, well, if you put Rich Warren Sears and James Cash Benny anywhere, there's going to be some, even in a utopia. So that was how that idea came about. But what really happened was, I have barely remember, 
but they, they basically, I think what happened was, so they were back in, uh, uh, I think they were back in purgatory, but now Jif was with them. Or maybe they were in H-E double hockey sticks, but there wasn't much left uh, because they had sent everybody out. But at some point, they realized that Jif had a son or maybe a grand, I guess maybe a grandson or a great-grandson or something, a descendant uh, on Earth in this utopian society. And Jif snuck out of, uh, uh, just like R.W. and James Cash did, to go see his his like like you say wow now it ends up that uh at some point during what everything that happened originally with our original earth uh and he double hockey six 2.0 and then everything going and getting de-existed jiff bissos became this myth- mythological being and me i think maybe he left instructions on building utopia Maybe that was like his side project. And so the last vestige of humanity on Earth was this utopia called Bessos. Uh, I mean, I guess if it was in Spanish, it'd be Kisses, which you say, well, that sounds like a, a utopia to me. Or a pretty good name for a utopia. You say, no, no, kisses on the cheek, that's what it means. Bessos, kisses and hugs. Uh, so, I don't know, R.W. was a little bit worried about Jif making Jif's best decisions, even though he showed over season one that he had a little bit better decision-making ability than R.W. But And then James got sucked in. So they headed down to this new utopia, Bassos. Uh, and at first they were like, is this actual utopia or a prototype for a utopia? And they went down there. And then they tried to get into the Utopia because it's quarantined and they had to play like one episode. I remember they played the, they tried to figure out how to play Settlers of Catan. Uh, then they went to a water treatment plant, which, you, you know, you need Utopia or not, uh, for sure. Uh, then they went through the, the, like a cave, which had cave paintings about, I think about Jif and, uh, like, so they got caught up on the history. Then they ended up as part of like a like a yearly celebration of the myths around Bessos. Uh, then uh, what happened next? Then they ended up like in trouble, and they had to make a case. I think R.W. was convinced that utopias weren't good, and even though this utopia was almost perfect, near perfect utopia or near utopia, it ended up being because we're human. You know, you can't have a perfect utopia. Uh, or maybe, I mean, or maybe there was perfect before they got there. So then I think R.W. at some point started to fall in love with someone. Also, he was trying to say, well, don't we need conflict and not good? Like, isn't that what we're, you know, isn't that part of a motivator? You know, is this going to keep, are we going to keep evolving? Stuff like that. But explore, thought experiment city, I guess I'd say. So let's see if I can remember any of it. So night walk, I think that was like walking around at night, uh, doctoring auditions. I don't remember that one. Probably it sounds like uh, I have no idea. Not choosing a choice. So that was getting towards the theme of the season where it was like, okay, why do you have to choose? Is it not choosing a choice? Like, do you have to choose like uh, the good place or the bad place? Uh and they were mostly exploring things at the time with the, the residents of uh, this utopia. Now, 
here's where things go off the rails, you know, in the most sleepy way possible, uh, is, uh, at the time, so this utopia was going on Earth. Now, the the good place, heaven or whatever you want to call it, where the angels live and the supreme being or the mother creator, that still existed. But at the time this story was being told, the supreme being, uh, you know, the main, you know, the, the lead singer of the Supremes, they were on sabbatical. And this isn't retroactive. That, this was happening at the time. So the, the Supreme Being had to be on sabbatical. And you say, I mean, it's got to happen sooner or later. I mean, I mean you, there's no infinite light still needs to uh, slow down. You know, probably. I don't know. I'm just telling you what happened. But the Supreme Being said to the angels, like, you're angels. You could be trusted. Keep an eye on the, There's only this last vestige of humanity and then some pockets of it. Uh, you know, keep an eye on things. Keep doing good, you know. But angels have a bit of humanity still within them. Also, R.W., so they also had uh, flagellos, uh, plate glass, they call them. And I think that, I don't know if this is exactly how everything got started or the inciting incident within these, all these other things, but Flagelas, uh, Plate Glass, uh, was in, still in love with, uh, was it one of the, was it a harpy or a siren? And I forget which one, like, but, but, but they had been dating back in the original 1.0, the, the HE double hockey sticks. And you say that that's how we get, you know, that's how it wasn't uh, terrible for us. Uh, but when all this happened, uh, she, she, or they started dating so an angel. Also, angel believed that looked like a lumberjack, like a brawny angel. And of course, Plagueloss was, Plagueloss was not, you know, he was the original skiff. He skiffed across one of the rivers and one of the circles, not the main one to get there, not sticks, I don't think. Uh, but one of the ones where it's not so great. But so he went up there and then the angels were like, what is even going on on that earth in that utopia that you can come up to heaven? Because you think it was like during a comedy or show or something. It was definitely like a, that was like a defending your life moment from that movie. But so he blew into this comedy club, said, what's, you know, what about, uh, my, you know, how can you do this to me? You know, kind of thing. And so then the angels, I think this is what happened. The, the angels were like, okay, or, you know, you're back on our radar. That doesn't sound, sounds like we got to get some judgments going here. I think, let's see, scrambled metaphors. I mean, that could be in anything. That was one of the episode titles. Then tricky GIF, uh, like water for angels, uh, Rooney. Tell, don't show. Opposite counsel. Sounds like there was another um, trial. It sounds like uh, maybe a multi-episode trial. I don't know exactly what happened, but because uh, why? So I guess like you're on this utopia. You want humanity to keep flourishing. And the question is, do we need choices because they think in that utopia, you just weren't allowed to make any bad choices. And you'd say, well, that's not a free choice. Do we need free will or not? 
And so James was, you know, James and RW and Jif were trying to introduce that. And then some people were like, well, it never, it never sat right with me, uh, not being able to, to make my own choices. And, uh, like, uh, so I think maybe people just started stopped choosing because that was the title of an episode. Uh, but it sounds like then, uh, they, uh, there's probably like a bunch of antics, uh, tell, don't show. Opposite counsel, plain desolation. And then, so what happened was uh, once the angels got wind of this and then they realized, uh, wait a second, aren't you the people that were involved in the, uh, like, uh, you know, you closed out HG Double Hockey Sticks 1, created HG Double Hockey Sticks 2, which we didn't even get a chance to shut down. And before we got a chance to do that, you also mostly shut down Earth, and that didn't work out. And so we've got our eyes on you, our angel eyes. Uh, and also, you know, there's like a, sometimes there's tension between, I mean, you say, who are you calling, you know, your supreme being? You know, I mean, I'm not saying that about the main one, okay, holy, like, but these secondary supreme beings. A uh, human reaction would be, supreme being says who? Uh, excuse me, you know, I'm walking here or whatever. And the supreme being say, oh, how little do you know, you humans? Uh, and I think there was some, you know, a lot of debating, a lot of jockeying, maybe a case about it uh, that ended up, they said, well, here's what we know so far. You know, we have to make a choice here because we're the supreme beings and, you know, the big boss is on, uh, is on sabbatical. So I guess let's just, uh, let's de-exist this earth because, you know, it's mostly de-existed and now it looks like this is starting again. Won't it save everybody a lot of time and headache? Uh, just de-existed. And to them, that made the most sense. Now, they may know what we don't know. And I think and I can't jump back that far in the season, but to say, okay, well, you know, there's billions of stars and stuff. We're not just in charge of you, Earth, uh, with your egos and, and, and your uh, supreme who questions. So they said, okay, we're just going to de-exist Earth. And now James, so then they came to Earth, or a contingent did. And they were getting set up for it. And then they said, well, this isn't really, uh, is this one, is this angel-like behavior? This is James Cashpenny, Rich Warren, Sears, and Jeff. Uh, they said, one, is this, one, are you sure you don't want to wait for the supreme being? And they think enough stuff had already happened. They were like, let's just get this over with so we don't get in any trouble. They probably already violated some rule. And they said, well, we're going to get written up for this anyway. You know, might as well clean up, you know, clean it up first uh, and say, oh, well, we threw the glass out. It was broken. We cleaned it all up and threw it out. You spilled the milk, broke the glass, but now it's all fixed. Uh, but that glass isn't around anymore. We didn't drop it, actually, either. It fell or something. Can't speak for the angels, but that would just be what I might say. But James Cashman says, one, well, this is an angel-like behavior. Two, uh, w w are you sure? They said, yeah, we're sure. So then, uh, the, the, you know, the one thing that uh, titans of industry are good at 
is making moves, uh, be, you know, those kind of things. So, so don't worry. Don't worry if you're worried right now. You, you, hopefully you're snuggled in bed. So what they did was, so Bessos was on this plane, so they set up this big de-existence thing, uh, like a horn. Like, a, like I think there's a horn of Jericho or Jethro. That was like, this is like a bigger version of that. So they said, we're going to de-exist everything. And then they said, well, the, and the, for some reason, this is all getting live streamed. Again, I think this was just one of the things with the Utopia. They were into live streaming. So James and everybody said, well, this isn't like the most uh, compassionate response, uh, especially with the live stream. And they said, can't you do anything to buff, you know, help with that? And the angel said, actually, like, if you've never seen it, heard an angel sing, it's like a co- super comforting like beyond super comforting and, you know, fills you with like infinite light and joy and relaxation and not thoughts about impending the existence. And James said, okay, well, why don't you sing? And then they said, then they said, well, why don't you sing a couple numbers? Now, meanwhile, this big de-existence horn or, or a piece of equipment was there. And RW was, had been making small talk for a while. And again, the, the supreme being was on sabbatical. Don't worry about that part either. And RW said, "Okay, so this is the thing you're going to use to de-exist all of us and best all of humanity and the utopia called Bessos and your utopia and the angel. You know, angels naturally are a little gullible sometimes, because especially ones that have been only working in heaven." And R.W. said, oh, well, so what do you got that on a tripod or something? And the angel said, yeah. And R.W. said, this is great angel singing, isn't it? And the angel said, oh, yeah. Can never, believe it or not, I can't get enough of it. Uh, and R.W. said, yeah, let's just sit here and enjoy it. Uh, what, and then something like this, like, I wonder if everybody in heaven is enjoying it. I always wondered, like, uh, you know, people always point everywhere when they're pointing to heaven. Like, where would you point? Like, if it was accurate, you know? And then the angel said, you know, right there, at the edge of the, like, uh, you know, Uranus's belt or whatever. And R.W. said, hardy, har, har. And he said, no, I said, uh, Ursa Minor. And R.W. said, oh, like, okay, so right over there, huh? And the angel said, oh, yeah. And then R.W. said, okay, so this is like a, this is a floating head tripod. Wow, a smooth motion on this thing. And the angel said, yeah. And then R.W. said, oh, okay. Well, wow, this is good angel singing. Why don't you watch? Let's just watch and relax and watch it. Uh, and the angel said, okay, you're right. And then I'll de-exist everything. And then R.W. kind of did the unthinkable. But when you say, well, what are, what, uh, what are the options? R.W. took the de-existence horn, pointed it towards heaven, uh, and... Uh, uh, like, uh, the, like now the supreme beings on sabbatical, you know, so, and poofity poofity poo, uh, heaven was de-existed. And this took uh, like a, a few minutes for, I mean, more than a few minutes for everybody to get adjusted to. And, you know, there was, I think also maybe RW de-existed the de-exister. I can't think, I'm trying to think what, what I would do next in that situation. Uh, because otherwise you'd probably be de-existed, you know, uh, and, you know, be trouble. So then 
So then everybody had very strong feelings about that. Even James and Jif said, well, you saved us. Uh, but not even, goes to even in human history, I don't know if any other humans have, uh, or post-humans have gotten rid of two HE double hockey sticks, most of humanity, and the the supreme paradise and the homestead of the, the ultimate you know the mother creator or uh, supreme being uh, of your choice uh, and our WCD up had to do somebody had to do it uh, and it was a lot of like wait a second did you really de-exist heaven uh, kind of thing and then kind of people walking around you know holding their heads uh, in our WCD up and then uh I guess everybody basically had to adjust because they said, well, okay, well, what are our options now? We're, that's de-existed. Also, the de-existence horns de-existed, so you can't de-exist RW. Also, we have this near utopia full, filled with wonderful human beings that is sufficient. Why don't we welcome everybody in and live together happily ever after? And I think that's kind of how it ended. It was like, okay, well, that sounds pretty good. Uh, maybe we could all get along. A- you know, angels, uh, uh, being you know, beings from HE Double Hockey Sticks, one that had, you know, relocated a few times but become friends with Jif and, uh, and James and humans. And so then they went into this utopia. Now, that was kind of how season two ended. But I mean, what you didn't, what I didn't think about, like it was a good thing the season was over. Was like sooner or later, uh, uh, like the 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 being is going to get back from, or going to be back from sabbatical and be like, uh, wait a second, uh, isn't that the where the what the heck? I took a right at the Milky Way, and uh, you know, I thought of my like favorite sitting chair. And now I'm just in a blank space. I mean, you've seen it in movies like uh, Star Wars type movies where they jump somewhere and they say, well, where is it? You know, I don't think there was any rubble left behind because it's totally de-existed. So, you know, the Supreme Being probably is just like, let me check my, uh, you know, spirit, spirit, spirit dar. Oh, this is 0.0 unless I pointed at myself. Uh, but it didn't take, you know, when they're on sabbatical, they're on sabbatical. Like, if you're going to do self-care, you know, even if you're supreme self-care, you say, no, I'm out of OOF or whatever, not checking that email. Even if it's, you know, some sort of internal sense that uh, the balance, well, the balance was restored in this case. Uh, but so once the supreme being got everything figured out, probably did some rebuilding, you know, reconstruction type stuff. Uh, uh, but that didn't have, you know, we weren't there for any of that. Like, meanwhile, everybody's in the utopia. But then at some point, Richard Warren Sears, James Cashpenny, and Jif uh, did find themselves back in purgatory. And, you know, they're not supreme beings. Uh, so they just got back there. And Richard Warren Sears and um, Jif Bissos, they kind of got readjusted uh, uh, to life in purgatory. I mean, I don't know what the timeline was because this is a not on Earth timeline. But they got readjusted. They started getting the internet and news again and found out that uh, there was a planet very similar to Earth uh, called Hearth. Now, James was down. James uh, was sleeping, but also would wake up and be like, we de existed heaven. 
into he double hockey sticks and you know so james was more needed some time uh jiff found out i guess he had spent so much time with rw that he found out there was someone on earth earth the new the regular like a a, a, a redundant earth just in case you know that's the kind of stuff supreme's beings think of backup uh supreme you know it's just say well i got a i got a backup in the cloud and one uh, you know, an organic one, yeah, fully running, very similar, small differences. Uh, the metaphor uh, RW or GIF used was uh, like Royale with cheese. Uh, so then, so GIF was reading about this person on Earth, we'll just call it Earth, Zbiff, who was uh, founded this social media shopping platform, became ubiquitous, uh, and in that timeline, you know, not not exactly hard to imagine, uh, came with some other things. And Jif was like, this isn't how you run a social media shopping platform uh, that's good for everybody. You know, and maybe Jif had learned some lessons and said, well, maybe I'm going to go back to Hearst and teach this Zbiff some lessons about, uh, I don't know, that's what Jif, because that part was before the season started. So Jif was gone. R.W. said, well, I think Jif snuck out, so, but R.W. figured out. Now, R.W.'s not about to go anywhere alone. So he woke up James eventually and, and said, James, we got to go get Bessos because he went to go get Zbiff back on Earth. He explained everything that I just explained to you to James. And they realized that Jif had been keeping notes of like a lot of these uh, pockets of uh, not getting along that go on in this uh, social media shopping platform. Like, uh, I don't know, what are we covered so far this year? You know, pet pets going places and not getting cleaned up, parking. And that, so then, uh, what else? Oh, uh, oh, straws, you know. So, so they said, well, we got to go down there. And, uh, uh, we, and they said, okay, well, our best plan is to try to go to all these, this list, just work through this list of all these communities that need a little bit of help uh, with resolving these things. And either we'll find Jeff or we'll catch up with Jeff or we'll uh, get to ZBIF first or at the same time as Jeff and we'll help Jeff not get in trouble. And so that's where we are. And this is, so this is another episode of our Serial Modular series, uh, Get Bessos. Uh, James, buddy, buddy, buddy. I'm really enjoying this rest. We really needed this break. Uh, Richie, taking a break was the best idea. I'm going to go back. I'm going to get back in bed here and get comfortable. Oh, buddy. Tell me how comfortable you're getting. I'm going to get comfortable over here. I'm pulling the blanket up and I'm just rolling over, moving my pillows around. I'm going to move over an inch or two and I'm going to pull that right up to my chin and go back to sleep. Good night. Good night, buddy.